Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Morning has turned to afternoon. Good afternoon, everyone. But the grind carries on. Not just the grind physically, but the grind mentally. The Midday Grind, featuring a couple of TV jockeys who've also been through the radio wars. <laughs> serious? Martin Kilcoin. I was a little lit, so I was saying whatever I wanted. And Charlie Marlowe. Our top story tonight, John Jay will be back tomorrow. Here's him getting a hit in 2012. It's the Midday Grind on 590 The Fan and 590TheFan.com. He's a hockey guy now. He's always a Bradley guy, but he's a hockey guy. Chuck Marlowe back in studio here. Midday grind, 590 The Fan, Tuesdays with Kenny coming up at 1230. We'll uh, we'll talk some racing, Chuck. This is an exciting time of year in the NASCAR schedule because they're out west. and oh, they're on, sure. And they're on Fox. So on Sundays, those races start a little later, whether they're in Vegas or Phoenix or Cali. And you know what? We just don't have time to do a 5 o'clock Sunday news because they're racing on Fox. So this is a really exciting time of year when NASCAR goes west. It's funny you say that. I think what you should do, though, as a tribute to the loyal, hardworking, dedicated Fox 2 viewers, even though you don't have to do a newscast, I mean, you obviously want to do a newscast, so you should dress up anyway, put your makeup on, and do maybe a live newscast via Facebook Live or Periscope <laughs> for for the folks, right? No, you should a, do that. You should do that anyway. No, I don't want to take away from the racing activity. I think that should be the focus for everyone. Okay. Uh, we'll talk to Kenny coming up at twelve thirty. We got Blues in Arizona tonight. Jordan Bennington in net. Interesting that Baruby, Craig Baruby, the coach. I'm with curbs on this. I don't call him the interim coach. He's the coach. Chief. He's the chief. The interim chief. What if they gave him a weird title next year? Like Larusa was the chief baseball officer, chief coach, chief coach, chief coach, chief coach. Craig Berube. I like that chief coach. I also like the fact yesterday. There's so much nonsense in sports, including hockey, with the upper body, lower body. I like the fact he just said Bennington will start, and there was no reason to have like this great debate. And he just said, "Here's the plan, blah blah. Here's why." Instead of everybody going, "Oh, what are you going to do, coach? Hey, chief, we'll show up tomorrow. We'll let you know. You come to that morning skate, you'll find out." Don't you think he did that on purpose, though? Why? Because I don't think it was an accident. Well, that's my, what I'm saying is they usually wait until Correct. morning skate and you have to tweet out first off the ice. And I feel like they did that on purpose so that we wouldn't talk well, about Well, that's what I'm saying. I, he wanted clarity. No, 100%. I mean, I don't think he blurted it out. I don't think he would ever blurt anything out. I think he was saying, let's not debate it. Here's the plan. Just so you know. I know you all want to know. Here's the plan. And I, I like that. And I also think... 
it was a little silly, although the Jake thing made it interesting. It's kind of what he does. He reemerges after somebody else emerges. But Jordan Bennington's been good for a long stretch. You don't all of a sudden say, oh, yeah, we're done with that. He was so good. He got you back to this point. He's your guy, especially that record at home. So it makes sense. I just respect the fact we didn't play any games with the decision. With the home road and Jake Allen much better on the road, you start Binner. But I also think with Jake Allen, he has a shutout, and then all of the hockey pundits that know a lot more about hockey than me all Whoa. said that Jake got you that point on Saturday. Yeah. So, yeah. look, I mean, you're probably going to need both these guys, and, and you never know. I mean, Bennington has been really good, but it's a small sample size. I think we all knew he wasn't going to continue this unbelievable streak. I think there's a chance that if if he falters a bit that Jake is here right now, and for whatever reason in the month of March, he's unbelievable, not just this year, throughout his career. So it's a good problem to have, I guess is the way to uh, put it. I think that's fair. Uh, the MLS commissioner, who's got the great Twitter handle, at Soccer Don, Don Garber in St. Louis on Monday. Uh, we didn't get invited, but they sort of wind and dine and then had to meet with corporate folks. I think we've talked about it enough. We're not Saki. Saki. Saki bombs. Saki. Maybe we are Saki. Let's get some Saki in here. You guys want some Saki? Do you like Saki? I've never had Saki. I feel like I have. I feel like I have, and probably today it's fine. Yeah. A little sushi, a little Saki. So I guess if we're a soccer and hockey town, we'd be a Saki town. What I was trying to say is even though none of us are huge soccer insiders, maybe Rock is. I think we're excited about the MLS. But I also think, and we debate this in the newsroom, like every time there's a development, how big is the development until it's a final development? Do you feel you're being teased a little bit? Like you might get a team. We're going to probably give you. You got to do a little more. You got good owners. Got lots of money. Got to do a little more. Are you a little fatigued with the process at this point? I'm not. Would, and would I, a little Saki help me? A think? little Saki would help. I just think that, look, I get it that sports fans in St. Louis, we were all scarred by the NFL. They didn't want to be here. I truly believe that MLS wants to be here. It seemed like for a matter of months there that we were guaranteed to get a team. Didn't it feel like that? Like 100%. And now with Sacramento coming in there late as a competitor, I still have, have high hopes and expectations that St. Louis will get a team right now. But with with Sacramento now in the mix, I don't think it's 100%, but I think Garber being here, he also did an interview with, with Taylor Twelman, basically bringing up the fact that St. Louis, you have a natural rivalry with Kansas City. He, he mentioned that. He mentioned St. Louis, didn't mention Sacramento. He's here. He said yesterday to David Hunt of the Post-Dispatch that the support has been remarkable, but that he also wants to have the jersey sponsorship, he wants to have the naming rights for the stadium. So basically, look, things are good now, but step up, check these last couple boxes, and it seems like St. Louis will get a team. Anytime I comment on the MLS or do a TKO or post something, there's always some pushback. Oh, you're not an MLS guy. What do you don't don't shove soccer down our throat? First of all, it's soccer, okay. Here's a response okay. I had yet to receive. A guy responded and said, Hey, Baseball, hockey, and soccer all suck. When are we getting a football team? Like you got to be in a really bad place, especially if you live in St. Louis. If you believe, if you believe that baseball, 
hockey and soccer suck. There's not a lot of places for you to turn, correct? If I'm not mistaken, that eliminates the Blues, the Cardinals. It would eliminate your potential MLS interest. I get a lot of negative feedback. That was a first for me. The guy who said, you know, pump the brakes, Chubby, and then the guy who said, put the pom-poms down. Now I got a guy at another level who's not into baseball, hockey, or soccer. But you know what we are excited about? The one and only Bradley Braves. So we didn't tell Charlie about this because yesterday he was not in studio. He was out at the Blues practice holding the hockey team accountable. Uh, This is the perfect show for one Brian Wardle because I'm a Marquette guy. Chuck Marlowe, Charlie over here is a Bradley guy. And you were there on Sunday when the Bradley Braves punched their ticket. Coach Wardle, welcome to the show. This is a Marquette Bradley Haven. Congratulations. What a weekend. Well, this is already my type of show, so I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me on. We got good people to talk to. A hundred percent. And Charlie hates and I'm not it. Biased in any way. So, <laughs> well, well, here's the problem, Coach. Is Charlie hates the fact I'm always shoving Marquette down everyone's throat, mm-hmm. and he said this You're is one of those Marquette fans. He huh? is. I am. I am. I'm. <laughs> I don't tweet at Joe Lenardi and complain about our bracketology placement. I'm not quite that guy, but I do uh, obsess a little bit over it. But congratulations over the weekend. Give me an idea since then, since you cut down the nets in, in just the last 48 hours, how you have been able to spend it and process what happened. Well, Sunday night, we, as a staff, we, you know, good Marquette and Bradley fashion, we celebrated and, um, and enjoyed the victory. And I was very proud of my players. And I have a great staff and just, AD, just everyone around us that helped us throughout the year. It was quite a journey. But, you know, Monday, a lot of interviews. Um, got back in the office later in the day, got some things handled. I think we're just trying to get everything out of the way this week so that we can have some good practices at the end of the week and get ready to prepare for, a, 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 obviously, a great opponent in the NCAA tournament. But it's been a lot of fun. I actually took yesterday afternoon. I went to the park with my kids. I got away from everything and just – Rode, uh, rode our bike. It was beautiful here in Peoria, and we went to the park and just hung out for an hour and had some fun. So, Brian, I, I started at Bradley in 2000, so now 19 years. The team, this is obviously the second time making the NCAA tournament in that span going back to 2006. I'm guessing, and I went to the game earlier in the year when you guys played Southern Illinois in Peoria, unfortunately, lost that one. Yeah. But yeah. what is Peoria like right now? It just has to be buzzing with the fact the first MVC title in 31 years, first trip to the dance in 13 years. No, it is. It is. It's great for the city. Uh, I love Peoria. My family loves it. Um, they are passionate fans here. You know that. Uh, they love their hoops. And to be able to do that for the city and the university, um, to just generate that excitement this time of year, it hasn't been here in a while um, is, is exciting for our players and, and, and for me as as a coach is to be able to provide that. But it was a lot of hard work. There was ups and downs. It wasn't easy. It, you know, failure was, you know, some of our best teaching uh, is, is through failure. And, and we definitely learned a lot this year and grew up and matured and played our best basketball the last month. So Sunday, was there that halftime Newt Rockney speech? Because you're down 12, then I guess they get up even bigger early in the second half to 18 points. But basically – what what changed? You guys have been a second half team for a large part of this season, but but what changed that game on Sunday? Well, it, it wasn't a big speech at halftime. I've given a lot of motivational speeches this year. You don't want to overdo it. The moment is big already for these guys. It was more of just talking to them, saying, "Hey, we need to turn our intensity up here in these two areas. 
we got to get better. We got to get the tempo going offensively and defensively. We got to protect the paint better and close out on certain players. Just do one or two things, just a little bit sharper, and just lay it on the line. All of us together, we've been here, we've been here, we've been here, and just instill confidence that we have been here. And I said, even if they get us down a few more baskets, it's not. We have come back and done this numerous times this year. We lead the Valley in halftime, you know, coming out of halftime just down and winning games. So the character of our locker room, um, the maturity that we've grown this year, and just the, how connected we are as a group, stayed strong throughout all that, even in the huddles, and then we were able to turn it. Yeah, I would think that you hate the fact that you have to come back a lot, but it does help you in those situations. You can point to it on. Mul- I mean, you you reference that that you're able to sell. And sometimes the kids are like, "Coach, we're not." I mean, we're way behind. You're like, "No, no, no. We've done this so many times." I'm sure you would prefer not yeah. to be in that situation, but it's very sellable in that huddle that the guys are like, "You're right." Remember that game the other night and that game last week. I mean, because you've done yeah. it so many times, they can actually believe what you're telling them. Well, you got to brainwash them. I mean, that's that's, 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 what, that's really what we do, kind of as coaches. Is I, we've never been down eighteen this year, but I told them we have been, <laughs> and, then, and we can do this. Um, but early leads a false lead in basketball. Um, everybody gets so uh, makes such a big deal about being up eight to two to start the game. Why'd you lose the lead? Because it's a forty minute game, and and these teams are good, and we're evenly matched. And when this is the third time we've played each other, and and both teams are playing well to be in this game. Um, so those early leads, I'm not too concerned about. Um, I know we are able to come back, but we had to, we had to do some things. We went small at the 15-minute mark. Uh, we, we started switching everything, all their ball screens, which confused them, I thought, made them shoot a lot of contested just pull-ups and jump shots. And then we got out and, and made the game as fast as we possibly could make it with Northern Iowa. We played three teams that are like three of the slowest tempos in America in a row. So it was hard to get the game going. I watched our Loyola game today, this morning, and we tried to get the game up and down, and it worked for a while. They were shooting quick threes on us, which is what we wanted. But it was hard to, on that third day to get Northern Iowa to play faster. And, you know, we just executed in the second half. We grinded it out. We started moving the ball better offensively, and, and the rest is history. It was, a, it was a great comeback win, but not surprising to us because we've been able to do that uh, quite a bit this year. So, Brian, I'm now obsessed with bracketology, checking all of the different projections. And I, I've looked at three here recently. Bradley was a, was a 15 seed in all three, and I saw one had you playing Kentucky, one was Tennessee, one was LSU. Now, obviously, a lot of these Power Six conference tournaments will, will decide what the seedings are, but what do you guys do for the next week? Do you kind of prepare for four or five different teams that you could potentially play or what? No, I think we just stick to what – improving Bradley basketball. I think this week is about getting our legs back underneath us, find, getting a lot of shots up, tweaking some things uh, offensively to find some more opportunities to, you know, to free up our shooters. And, and I think that's what we'll do is just try to improve some areas. Defensively, work on some things that we haven't had time to work on, like post-doubling or uh, switching ball screens more and, and just put ourselves in scenarios, game-like scenarios, to try to stay as sharp as we can too. Brian Wardle with us. Bradley Braves going to the NCAA tournament. They clinched that with the win. Dramatic comeback win Sunday at Enterprise Center. I'm curious your take on this, and we've discussed it a lot. When Loyola made the run last year, I think everybody associated with the Valley was stoked, happy for them, even if they're a rival. Like, hey, it's great for the league. But I've also wondered if the fan expectation now is, well, how come we can't do that? And if athletic directors start, well, we should be going to the final four. What is there a balance there? I mean, that great run was so much fun. It's great for the league, but I do wonder if 
it raises the bar even maybe unrealistically for some fan bases? Well, I think a lot of fan bases are unrealistic anyway, in a way. And so it's, 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 you love the passion. Um, even misguided passion is better than old passion. That's what I always say. Um, but I, I would say that's probably the case a little bit, and that's okay. I mean, we, we want our fans to be excited. But for us, I mean, Loyola had a great year last year, and they were a veteran, way more veteran team than us. Uh, they had, you know, five, six fifth-year guys playing. Um, we rely on a junior and sophomore, our key players, our two juniors and a sophomore. So we're a little younger than them. But do I like our size and length? I, I do. We can play big now against some of these teams, which we, we have we can't do in the Valley a whole lot. Everyone goes small on us because they want to take – they don't want Elijah and Koch on the floor. We have a 7-1 freshman that I think is talented and healthy now that might be able to get some minutes uh, against these big boys in the NCAA tournament. So we're looking forward to that. And we do have inside-out offense. We can go inside. We get post-touches, post-scoring. And then we also have perimeter guys that can knock down threes. So I like our chances on neutral floor. We're 5-0 and this year on a neutral floor. Um, I love how the games were refed in the Valley Tournament. They let kids play, and, 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 and it was physical, and that plays into our advantage in a lot of ways. Brian, the last couple of days, have you thought a lot about the journey? I know it's been written about and talked about, but this senior class, especially when you come on year one, you guys win five games, improvement every year from five wins to 13 to 20 last year, and now at least 20 this season and a trip to the big dance. Well, you preach to your players quite a bit, life lessons as a coach. And when I tell them all the time, everything worthwhile is uphill. And for them to experience that and feel that, like I have in my lifetime, and I'm sure you guys have in certain things, that everything worthwhile is uphill. Um, that is, It's a great feeling as a coach to see them, the joy, the tears, the excitement of, wow, we did this, especially my seniors, because that has been an uphill battle of building this program. And we've have failed. We've learned from our failures. We've had some ups and downs, but we have always stayed together, stayed honest with each other, kept working hard. And um, our relationships will probably be lifetime relationships now for what we've been through. So it was an exciting time for not only our whole program, but for the, uh, everyone in that locker room for those seniors. All right. Last one for me. And Charlie, you realize this is, this is about you. This is your moment. You're a Bradley guy, but now this is when Martin hijacks Here we go. and talks Marquette a little bit. <laughs> now I'm not going to nerd out and talk about real chili or ask you about Barb and Rich Kelleher or any oh. of that stuff. I, but oh, I, yeah. but you were on the staff in 03 with Tom Crean. And I know you were there with Mike Dean and Tom Crean. Uh, they make the final four run. What amazes me now looking back is, you know, it seemed like a, a Cinderella run. Then I'm like, wait a minute. Dwayne Wade, Travis Diener, Steve Novak. It was a really good team. But give me an idea when you get on a run like that as a team, just the, the how magical it is, even looking back 16 years later, that that really happened. Well, it, it was, um, you know, I was a year after that, the Final Four run. I came on staff. Oh, so okay. I, I thought I got you at 0305. My bad. Well, I, I said, here's, here's what I tell my seniors, though. Even if we didn't win this tournament, I was so proud of them. They – when you leave a legacy, I feel like was was a program in a better shape now when you leave than it was when you got there. And no matter what, our seniors have helped our program become strong and competitive, and you know, built to last. And one thing I did at Marquette is I went to a lot of NITs. It was I was always so upset. I, I was on some teams that were ranked, and we just had bad injuries a couple of years. So you really teach those lessons to your players as a former player. Embrace these moments, these opportunities, because it may not come next year. 
you never know. Every season's a new roller coaster ride. You just never know what can happen. And I've experienced that as a player. So leaving our legacy, I always felt after my career at Marquette that this program is about to take off because I built that relationship with Dean Ernovac. I, I felt like I recruited him there. I hosted D-Wade on his visits. You know, I sold the program. I sold Cream's vision. And I think that's what these seniors have done for me here at Bradley, too. And we have our most talented recruiting class coming in next year, I feel like, for sure. So that's where you can really leave your legacy. And I think our seniors have definitely done that, like, you know, a lot of players have done at Marquette. Well, what a bad moment by me. I'm looking at the bio. That's right. So you left Marquette <laughs> in 01. That was when Crean was just building it. And you came back in 03 as an assistant for Tom Crean, but it was right after Shame on me. So I'm guessing this is your first NCAA trip then in any capacity, well, right? You, well, yeah. And, and for me, there's probably been five years, I feel like, in my playing and coaching career that I, we were NCAA tournament good and should have been in the tournament. And five out of those five years, there was a bad injury uh, that happened. And so I just know how precious it is that it can be gone in a second. Like when I coached my first year at Marquette, I was video coordinator. I was just getting my feet wet, working like crazy. We had Travis Diener and Novak back. We were an NCAA tournament team. And then Travis Diener breaks his wrist, and he goes down for eight games. We go 0-8 when Diener goes down. We went from an NCAA tournament team to NIT team like that. And so, and then my team's at Green Bay. My point guard goes down in the semifinals, who's player of the year. Um, it's just, it just, I could go on and on. So it's, I've been knocking on the door a long time, and I think some things are just delayed in life, not denied. And, and it's just been a little delayed for me. And, I couldn't ask for a better way to go to the tournament than with this group and how we did it on Sunday. Well, congratulations, Coach. It was worth the wait, and uh, I think I speak on behalf of Brave Nation. Thank you. It's been a while. Excited to watch you guys in the big dance coming up in a week or so. That'll be fun. Go Braves. Appreciate it. That's right. Brian Wardle from Bradley checking in with us. We didn't tell Chuck that we had locked him in. What a surprise. How about that? You know, every show we say. His face was so so genuine. He looked really excited. Yeah, and because a couple of things. The show is not about me, okay? And you know, I used to have a news talk show that was not about me. Okay? It was called the, the, Martin the news Kilcoin show, right? Show. Well, it was called the Martin Kilcoin show. Okay. With host Martin Kilcoin. Yeah, and every and it was in my contract that they would have to come back from every break and it would say that. <laughs> but yesterday should have been Chuck's big day on the radio. When your alma mater goes to the tournament and it hasn't been there in 13 years, it's as exciting as hell. And I don't care if the listeners are like, oh, I don't care about Bradley. I'm sorry. That's your school. You're their radio friend that they listen to every day, talking about the blues, talking about the prep scene. This is your moment. And then you weren't here. So Hoff and I said, we should do something, Bradley, tomorrow. And I said, not only that, Brian Wardle went to Marquette. So now I'm okay with it. Yeah, like if Wardle had gone to oh, DePaul or, or no, Indiana forget. No or chance. No Wake chance. Forest, if he wasn't going to How about that. me blowing it? I looked at his resume. And I'm like, oh, he was an assistant for Crean in 03. That's the, he didn't get there till the fall of 03. So here's a guy coaching, playing for a long time. I didn't realize he's never been to the NCAA. So think about that, though, because, look, if your team is in it almost every year, and what, Marquette, are you guys in it every other year? You know what, year? I was looking at the, I think it's like 9 out of 13. Oh, or so better than that. Seven, now, me, I don't But they had a run of like 7 in a row, and now it's like 2 out of 6. Maybe it's 9 out of 13, something like that. So not every year, and we're spoiled. 100%. And all I'm saying is, Look, Bradley, it has a rich basketball tradition back in the day, but it's been a while. And I was checking before this tournament. I think it was five tournaments for Bradley since 1980, if I'm not mistaken. So now it would be six in basically 40 years. And when you don't get there for a long time, when it's been 13 years, 
it does make it that much more sweet. And then especially with the way that game went, coming back from, from 18 down. And look, could they make some Cinderella run and get back to the Sweet 16? Who knows? And they're probably going to play a really good team that's a two-seed, like a Kentucky or a Michigan State. Right now, anything after what happened on Sunday is gravy. Just getting there for a, for a school like Bradley after 13 years is awesome. And you can tell that the, the alumni base in Peoria is just buzzing right now. I'm doing some quick CBC math here, and I haven't had a good day with math. I think, I think it's 10 out of 14. 10 out of 14. That's pretty darn good. That's pretty good. And and, I, and we're still complaining. How did we not make it in 14? What happened? Everything dropped off. But it was a good run. All right. It's not just about Marquette. It's not just about Bradley. It's not It's not about us. It's about the listeners. And that's why we have Kenny Wallace on a Tuesdays because he makes us all better people. He also makes us laugh. We have a lot of fun with Kenny. That's coming up. Fast Eddie's one of our great sponsors. If you want to have fun, boy, this time of year, the weather's starting to turn. You go outside, a couple of cold beers. Maybe you're still. Maybe you celebrate the Bradley win for... I don't know, like the next six months, probably. You can live off that for a while. Six months. We were living six off, years. Hold on a second. Okay. <laughs> we were living off 2006 for 10 years, basically. <laughs> so, yes, you can definitely celebrate for six months. If you're in the party mood, you go to Fast Eddie's. And if you're not in a good mood, you go to Fast Eddie's, you will be in a good mood. It's the same as having Kenny on the radio. Fast Eddie's in Alton, Illinois. You've heard about it for years. If you've never been, you got to check it out for yourself. Make sure you go hungry. The menu Fat Eddie burger, half pound burger, peel and eat shrimp, homemade bratwurst, big Elwood on a stick, marinated steak, great food, and you're going to want to stay for a while and eat as many items as you can. The prices haven't changed in years. Doors open today at 1 o'clock. They're open seven days a week. Clark Bridge gets you to Alton. You turn right. It's 4th and Broadway. Fast Eddie's Bonaire. Mike Shannon, he's sort of known for having fun. He loves hanging out. At Fast Eddie, stop by and see them live music every single day. And if you've got a big group, they can accommodate. Great spot for a birthday party or just load up, like we always do with the listeners. We just load up a giant limo of folks and mm-hmm. head to Alton, Illinois, and hang out. Fast Eddie's Bonaire, the tradition continues. Triad Bank, also a great sponsor, bringing you Take It to the Bank. How about over, under, and this was asked the other day online, over under Bradley references by Chuck on Monday, which we had to throw out, took it off the board because you weren't here. The remainder of the week that Bradley just sort of gets weaved into the conversation. I'm going to say five. I'll say more. Over? To be fair, though, reason to. you guys, for example, yesterday I was at Blues practice. You started with Bradley, yeah. and I'm glad you did. And then you guys surprised me. Thank you, by the way, with a great guest, Coach Brian Wardle. So it's really kind of on you. I understand that. The rest of St. Louis probably wants to hear a lot of blues, a lot of Cardinals, a lot of Mizzou, a lot of slew, eh, eh. as they should. You know what? Yesterday, Frank, I think, was depressed about the Valley because he loves Carbondale. He loves Barry Henson. Not only did they lose, Henson stepped down. And then Loyola, we all love Porter Mosier. He wanted Loyola to get there. They got knocked out. So I don't think Bradley winning meant anything to him. I'm like, we got to get Chuck in here. So take it to the bank. I'll set the number at five over or under the rest of the week, the times that Chuck just kind of works Bradley into the conversation. And I would. Triad Bank, located in Frontenac. They're on Clayton Road. It's one block west of Lindbergh. Triadbanking.com is where you can find them on the web. Not only great people, great pens. What do you want from a bank, Charlie? You want good service? How about a good pen? You know those multicolored clicking oh, pens? Oh, yeah, and gummy bears. Well, that's, yeah. Ted Drews. You can, you can steal Jim Regna's gummy nice, bears that are intended for his son. A nice lobby that Andy Strickland just kind of 
goes and hangs out. Got to get back there and sets up his laptop. In fact, I think Triad's got a big party next week on the opening day of the tournament. You, of course, will be out of town watching the Bradley Braves pull off an upset. But Triad, looking for your business, if you're a business owner and you want to expand, talk to them. A St. Louis-based bank, been around since 2005, and all those decision makers are here in town, so they can help you get things done. Triadbanking.com is where you can find them on the web. Give us your hot takes. Take it to the bank at 855-282-8255. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.